But it's like this uh, Brian Eno quote, which I don't really remember, but it's like they were talking about sequencers and it was like, oh, it's so, someone said it was bad with sequencers. And he was, no, it's not. It's now, now you don't need to be like a virtuoso anymore to make music. You just mm-hmm. need to have the right imagination. I think that's the case with this as well. Like, you don't need to know how to play violin. You need to be able to put together a good data set. Hello from the island of Tenerife where I'm currently recording this intro on my laptop and why this might sound a bit different to previous episodes. On today's show I talk with Nicholas Dahlqvist, a Stockholm-based composer who has been experimenting with coding and machine learning tools in audio and video creation for the past few years. In this conversation, Nicholas shares his perspectives on the artistic uses of AI, his journey in using code as a music making tool or instrument and the scene for showcasing AI music in Stockholm and in a broader sense. This episode is an insight into contemporary methods of composition, transitions from traditional forms of music making and experimenting with technology in the pursuit of creativity rather than to make oneself more hireable. One last thing, the music you're hearing in the background right now was composed by Nicholas from the album Ambient and released on Stockholm labelled Calcatraz cassettes. I encourage you to check it out and support Nicholas and Calcatraz on Bandcamp. Welcome to the 99 Projects podcast, a weekly show that deep dives into creative and enterprising projects. Each week we'll uncover the people and stories behind intriguing ventures and discuss the results, outcomes and lessons learned. You can find more information and sign up to our newsletter on our website, 99projectpodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Do you mind introducing yourself? Yes, uh, my name is uh, Niklas Dahlqvist and I'm a composer currently studying at uh, the Royal Academy of Music in Stockholm. How did you get into programming AI? Was it the connection to music that made you interested to see how AI could be used or an existing interest before? I didn't. I learned about, I didn't know how to program before I started my bachelor's uh, four years ago when that was. But then uh, Matthias Peterson showed me Subcrider mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, because that's a, it's a very nice language. And I mean, for me, it was because I had had this idea that like, oh, you need to have very expensive synthesizers to make electroacoustic music. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't isn't real. And then it was like, oh, OK, maybe you don't need to buy stuff. Maybe you can just uh, sit at home with your computer and like write stuff. And mm-hmm. it, it's nice. So that was my way into programming. And I started with AI because I was really interested in uh, voice synthesis. Uh, and I, I don't know if you're f- familiar with uh, traditional voice synthesis techniques. Um, I studied acoustics, so yeah. probably a little bit, but maybe. But feel free to. Oh no, they're it's, they're not very good. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like you have formant synthesis, uh, which synthesizes vowels, which is kind of okay. But it's like consonants is like really really hard, and I mm. I tried like I searched the internet, tried to find a way to make consonants and, and uh, I didn't, couldn't make it work, which is still strange to me. But anyway, uh, so then I stumbled across uh, like uh, text-to-speech uh, 
uh, voice synthesis, which is uh, like uh, WaveNet driven mm. from, from the beginning. Mm. Uh, and then uh, I thought, yeah, yeah, you can make, you can train this on anything, any audio. So that that's the, I think that's the way. Mm. I got into. It. I did a piece also with uh, Theo Cantrus, who was just think that that my, was my first AI piece. It was really basic. It was in SuperCollider, and it was just like a neural network uh, learning how to play the drums for <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, mm. and then it was over. But it was, you know, you were using uh, SuperCollider. Um, did that make you go into like learning Python or any yeah other yeah because because uh, I mean SuperCollider is is great for a lot of stuff but it's not great for machine learning mm. uh, and then it was like okay I really tried to to use SuperCollider because I was like this is the only language I know I don't <laughs> want to learn a new one but uh, but then it was like. It came to a point where it was, uh, I need to learn Python if I'm going to do this because it's, uh, it's just way easier. Do you work today with programming in other ways outside of music and video or is it purely just to, to make music? No, it's, it's purely t- like uh, artistic uh, mm. program. I, I think I'm, I'm not a very good programmer. I, I, I don't think I, they would hire me <laughs> at the real... Uh, I'm like a baby programmer. I just uh, steal stuff from people and modify it and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think all programmers are kind of like that. Yeah, like, I, it's I, all I, about I guess. Stack Overflow and yeah, 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 yeah. True. But no, so it's only for artistic things. Mm. What skills or knowledge would you say is essential or helpful when blending these different technologies to figure out how to make music or video with technology like coding and things? I I think this is going to be such a like uh, grandma answer, <laughs> but it's I think it's just uh, the only skill you need is like patience because mm. it takes fucking forever to do stuff and you need to be like be able to see past that. Oh no, this takes like two days to render this uh, file. Mm. You need to be like, oh, that's, that's fine. I can do something else. Because mm. if, you, if you don't have that, then it's, I mean, it's, it's going to get better and it's going to get faster. But right now it's still so slow. And is that like because of your laptop or equipment or is it just like how it is? No, that's just how it is. I mean, like Dolly is uh, quick now. Mm. Uh, but I mean... The Dolly One was not very quick, and mm. uh, and I mean audio, because because when you synthesize audio, you synthesize like every sample. So if you have a sample of as a sample rate of forty four thousand one hundred, then you need to synthesize that many samples per second of the uh, audio track, and mm. that t- I mean that takes a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're coming some which are faster. The ear camera is the the rave model. Like, uh, I think it was his spring or something, which is way faster. But mm. that it's also not as good, I think, because it's. I think they use some kind of spectral modeling synthesis technique combined with, with uh, like uh, I, th- I think I I'm I'm now I'm talking shit because I haven't I I started reading their paper but I <laughs> I I 
started doing something else. Then. But uh, I think, uh, and it sounds like that also, that they like tweaking the parameters of a spectral modeling synthesis algorithm with the neural network rather than like generating in the waveform domain, which you do mm. with like the WaveNet and SampleRNN and Yukebox uh, and those. How does the application of AI change the process of music or filmmaking in your experience? I used to work with like more traditional algorithmic composition before. Mm. And I mean, there's some obvious like similarities between them. Like you build a system and then you put something into the system and then it spits out something. Mm. But I mean, th this is uh, when you're working in with AI, it feels like you take it one step further. I mean, the amount of control that you have over the, the algorithm just gets uh, less. Mm. So I think that's that's the way, that's the most... It's, it's like you're working with samples that don't uh, exist in a way, because you like... And, and I, for me, that's... I think it would be hard for me now to, like, sit by a piano, I have never sat by a piano and written a piece, but you know, I understand it would be hard for me now to be like, la de di do, a la da di, no, la, do you know, because yeah, yeah. now I've gotten so used to it, like you get suggestions and then you're like, this one is nice, mm -hmm. let's uh, loop that and then we layer it with this thing, which is nice, so it's mm -hmm. almost like you take someone else's material and like arrange it yeah. rather than like composing or... Did you work with music before? Like, were you creating normal music? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I played in bands and stuff and did the whole that thing, you know, mm. playing guitar and uh, saxophone and like... Nye, nye, nye. But, mm. uh, yeah, so so I, I used to do that. Uh, and also when I before I went to KMH, I did, like, more, like, pieces that were, like, this is... A piece that I have written, but mm. then when I was introduced to Superglider, it was such so nice to be able to like do something that's not fixated. Mm. Like generative music is is very relieving <laughs> to do. Relieving mm. is the wrong word, but you understand. Satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's more about like that. It sounds in in a way, but not in a specific way, mm. kind of. Which is liberating was the word. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, do you see yourself like going back to traditional forms of music making or would you say this is it, this sort of like sparked off a new direction you see yourself exploring this I see myself exploring this for a while more mm. I, that, that that I do but I mean it wouldn't be strange I mean at some point you're gonna get sick of this and mm. then probably you wanna no I need to write it with a pen now because it's uh, <laughs> you know you wanna go the other way because yeah, you yeah. you but yeah, but this also the thing with AI is it's there's always there's always new algorithms and there's always new stuff to do. Like now for now, like I showed you when I came in, now I started with the simulation things and I mean that's just that is like you can work with that for three years mm. easy and, and do a lot of stuff. Is there anyone working with AI and music or film that you're particularly inspired by or were inspired by when picking this up? No, not really, because I wasn't really, I didn't have any, uh, I didn't have that much, uh, you know, I didn't know the scene really, like the AI scene, and now, now I know the scene, like mm. people that did it before me, but I didn't know them, so for me it was very much uh, fumbling in the dark, but 
but Holly heard and obviously does mm. a lot of great stuff with it. Like she's maybe the poster child of <laughs> electronic music in AI. Mm. Uh, and also Hexorcismo does a great lot of great stuff. So. Hexorcismo. Okay. He's a, like a Mexican guy who okay. does great stuff with AI. And like a lot of like uh, style gam visuals and mm. uh, like music stuff. Yeah, but no, I don't know. But then, yeah, we like we we are some people in the, like the filking scene who does mm. it. So then you mostly get inspired by those people, like yeah. in the very small and specific, <laughs> like scene. the Stockholm scene. So yeah, yeah, I think so. Is there a lot of people in Stockholm working with this type of like music making? And AI. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, or maybe I I mean I only know of the ones who I know, <laughs> mm. but they're not maybe so much maybe ten ten people that I know of. Mm. of but there's of course there's more that I just don't know of. Yeah, maybe they're not at filking and but they're like yeah yeah, yeah but they're at home doing yeah, weird yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean that's yeah yeah yeah. Mm. How do people showcase this type of collaboration between tech and art or music, both in Stockholm and in a more broad sense? Are there any specific internet or real world galleries that specialize in sharing this type of creative work? I think like Fact Magazine has a gallery. I, I don't think it's like dedicated to AI art, but I think they have like... Or I've seen, maybe I'm talking shit now, but I, I think I've seen that they have done a lot of like uh, visual AI stuff there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I, I can only speak for the Stockholm, for Stockholm, but I mean, it's filking mm. <laughs> as, yeah. as everything yeah, yeah. that's uh, like experimental music. Mm. And uh, But yeah, but I've, I've seen actually on, uh, was someone at Mejan and I don't know him. Or her, I don't remember. But uh, they did something with, uh, like, a video piece with AI recently, mm. I think. And there was also this guy, I don't remember his name also, but he had done, like, he had had data sets of, like, Garfield and mm. uh, made really nice uh, uh, prints with uh, AI Garfield. I think he used Stylegun and uh, did. And he displayed it in a gallery in uh, here somewhere, I think. Mm. That was okay. nice. Yeah, it seems to be like things popping up. There was an AI exhibition at Fotografiska, which is like a mm. photography museum in Stockholm. And then some smaller galleries doing exhibitions with AI-generated artwork. Yeah, but I mean, it's popping up. I, I, it's fun to see how people use it. And it's fun because people tend to like... I mean, it's, maybe that's not so strange, but people tend to gra gravitate towards like the same... Um, questions mm. in the beginning it's like everyone i know is or a lot of people have like what where does this put me in like um, agency and uh, where how am i related to this uh, artwork and yeah, stuff yeah. like that i mm. mean it's a natural question Definitely. i i well, me included does that or did that how would you like to see this sort of progress in the future if you could imagine how AI-generated artwork could exist kind of differently than normal artwork. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously it has a huge potential for, like, generative art because uh, it is generative and then it, 
you, it can be like because um, I mean that's the thing that I like with it that it's like it's always changing and you can hopefully soon when it gets better you can like have not fixated works mm. in a sense uh, but I I hope that it doesn't get and it's gonna get that and it's already on the way but uh, so streamlined and like because uh, there was like a time when there was a time it was like one year ago <laughs> but <laughs> but it it used to be very like a free free and strange area because no one really knew what to do with it and it was like maybe you do this with it mm. as well no and maybe you do this and like gee, gee, gee. yeah uh, but uh, it's starting to get more and more like uh, company driven and by like you have this api clients then then you pay tokens so mm. you can generate and I would like to go the other way <laughs> that yeah. it's like open source thing everything's available and you just do stuff with it yeah uh, I don't know if that answered your question but yeah no definitely and I was also thinking about like how you know with filking in and sort mm. of how people show their work do you see it coexisting with the traditional forms of concept spaces or art galleries and things or do you see like another type of no no i think i think it should really should coexist because i mean it's really just a, uh, another form of it mm. i mean it's not because that's the thing people tend to think that it's like this is an alien art form mm. kind of and i mean it's not <laughs> it's yeah. just a statistical model that predicts stuff mm. uh and yeah, so I, f- I really think it can and should coexist. And I mean, at Filkingen it does. Uh, I mean, there are several members who work with uh, AI mm-hmm. to some extent. Yeah. In contrast to what you were just talking about, AI is becoming more accessible in many ways and more talked about and mm-hmm. more mainstream. But I guess as well, it's sort of becoming commercialized at the same time. Um, what interests you most about the accelerating accessibility or understanding of AI and how that applies to art, music or film? I think it's nice that it's getting more accessible because, I mean, it has been really hard to do it and and that's nice. I'm just uh, against the, the big big tech thing. Mm. Uh, but, uh, no, what, I mean, it's the, I say this every time someone ask something but but it's like this uh, Brian Eno quote which I don't really remember but it's like they were talking about sequencers and it was like oh it's so someone said it was bad with sequencers and he was no it's not it's now now you don't need to be like a virtuoso anymore to make music you just mm-hmm. need to have the right imagination I think that's the case with this as well like you don't need to know how to play violin you need to be able to put together a good that data set and mm. hyper permits and I mean that's very dem- democratic democratic yeah yeah democratizing the, so you yeah, say that demo- in English democratizing your, sweet, your yeah. English is messing with my English yeah <laughs> democratizing yeah yeah but, yeah and I think that's a really nice thing because I mean obviously there's a lot of people who aren't like born into families where you play instruments but maybe want to and then you can I mean it just opens up for a whole new type of person to make art Mm. I think which is nice next 
Nicholas discusses the accessibility and inclusivity of being able to experiment with AI tools, ethical issues with AI and music creation, how he sees himself working with AI in the future, and also advice or suggestions on how to get started with code-based music making. What might prevent people from experimenting with AI in music and film? And is there a way to make this type of thing even more accessible or inclusive? Uh, yeah, but for one, it's it's the fucking uh, like token based thing. I hate that. It's mm. so annoying. Mm. Uh, and also like that they don't, uh, I mean, they don't really open source the code as in the same extent as they used to a lot mm. of this, uh, which is uh, bad, I think, because if you have it absorbed, then you can make like a hug in space uh, thing or a collab. And I mean, a collab can be complex if you never have collab, but a hug in space thing is not complex at all. It's just like push the button and then something happens. So yeah, I think open sourcing <laughs> is the way to go. Mm. Also now I, yeah, I just remember asked earlier what like what type of formats AI art should be presented in. Mm. And I don't mean it should be exclusively exclusively presented in that format, but I really like uh, internet art. Mm. And I think it's a very good uh, place, like a very good technique for it, because then you can like have it running uh, in real time and you can have this like uh, real time generated pieces mm. uh, accessible for everyone and not like you don't need to go to a specific gallery or yeah, something. Yeah. Not location specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People can tune in wherever. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very, it's very nice. Carl uh, Johannes Jondell uh, is one who got me into that stuff, and also Joel Jansson. Uh, but uh, yeah, Carl Johannes did a really nice. Uh, he's a diabetic, and he did a <laughs> he did a thing called Radio Diabetes, mm. where you um, where you sent in your blood values, and then he sonified them. And it's a very nice website. Yeah. That's not cool. yeah. Is it still running? Or? I think he had to take it down some months ago because it was too expensive to have it running. Right, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but it was very nice. What other types of ethical issues do you think will arise from the use of AI in art and creation in general? I mean, one thing is the thing that's already happening right now with uh, on this. I didn't know the platform, but you know where they source a lot of the art for the datasets mm. on uh, Mid Journey. I think it was. Mm. Uh, I mean, and that's, uh, I understand that thing. I mean, it gets, it must be feel strange and I can understand that. Uh, and also, I mean, it's still the deep fake thing is still fucking weird uh, <laughs> that you can like really deep fake your voice and mm. make you sing a Nazi song. I mean, that's obviously something with that that's problematic. Mm. Yeah. And also like it's, it can be, yeah. But I mean, I think it's, Depends so much what you what I mean. If of course if you want to be a dick with the technology, then you can. I mean, you can keep making James Brown songs even though he's dead, and maybe you shouldn't do that. But mm. I mean, if you you can do a lot of bad things with it. Yeah. <laughs> the technology, but yeah, I mean, you can do that with a MacBook also. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think people see the negative sides of AI because it's so easy to say that this new thing is doing harm mm. when really it's just a new tool that is used in a certain way and people are going to use any tool in a good way and also in a bad way yeah yeah exactly 
exactly. It's uh, sometimes it feels a lot like because you know you see these clips of like uh, I know we had dansbandsdöden in Sweden when disc jockeys started playing and all the like uh, dansband you know mm. the yeah, the, yeah, yeah yeah they're like playing uh, like dance tunes. It was like they they they're gonna this they're gonna disappear and it's so horrible and gaga ga, and you mm. laugh at that but I mean that's where we are now. It's yeah, the yeah. same thing with the, the like the difference is that you can actually use this to like build a drone that uh, kills people. So I mean mm. it's obviously more dangerous than DJing, but I mean it's the same type of debate that is right now. I think. How do you stay up to date on the latest developments and advancements in AI, if at all? I mean, you can't really do that because it's, I mean, it's happened so much. Uh, I was saying that to one of the persons who I was doing the film with at Fylkingen. That's just like, because he was like, uh, he asked me something about that algorithm and I was like, you should check GitHub because it's probably something new and it is something new and better out already. And we, I mean, we did that film three months ago or four, mm. <laughs> four months ago. It's like crazy fast. Uh, uh, so, so no, if I think it's uh, hard to, I mean, I tend to like, I find an algorithm that sounds nice or looks nice. And then I use that until it's like, I've done what I can do that is fun with it. And then I start looking for something else. Yeah. Uh, but the, and the nice thing about that is that's because it's been many times that I'm like, oh, I, need, I would really like an algorithm that can do this specific thing. Mm. And, and then you just wait three months and then that algorithm exists. I just had that, uh, like very recently, I, I needed an algorithm that could make a 3D model from a single image input. Mm. And I was like, fuck, why does this not exist? And uh, then, like, three months later I did. Mm. <laughs> and it's nice. I mean, it's not perfect, but it works. But I mean, I mean I've talked to my brother about it, actually. I'm wondering, it's because, I mean, it, it's talking about that it's, there should be some plateau at some point. Uh, and you keep wondering when you're going to hit that plateau. Because, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's obviously a lot of things that, I mean, like, video synthesis isn't good yet. And mm. I mean, that... Same audio synthesis isn't good yet either, but I mean, yeah, they should eat it sometime, and you wonder where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> line. Yeah, I mean, people probably thought AI hit a peak in the eighties or whenever, mm. like the second wave of mm. AI, and then it died off, and then yeah. came back even stronger. And now it's like, where does this end? Like, yeah. it's, it's just going to get more and more interesting and extensive yeah and and i think it now it's back to the question like what people should do with it or i don't remember the question exactly but like do do like weird stuff with it that's the thing because people i mean i see so much on my youtube it's like here's five ways to make money with chat keep tea yeah yeah, that's okay you can do that but like don't do that like Try to do something fucking nice with it, mm. not like because uh, I don't, I haven't watched it, but I don't really understand how you're gonna make money with chat keep it. Maybe mm. like uh, write uh, YouTube videos <laughs> or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my friend uh, uh, Nils, who's uh, working with film, he it was just such a nice way he used uh, Dolly. That I thought was like, yeah, this is how you should use Dolly. Because he 
is making a movie and then instead of like I mean going around and uh, finding perfect places to shoot and blah 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 he, they like they generated like a mood board with uh, the AI and it was like maybe this thing can look something like this and maybe this structure could look like this and then they like use that and put it together which I thought was a very like uh, nice way to use it mm. actually is this a path you intend to explore further, like maybe beyond music and creativity? Where do you see yourself working with AI in the next year and beyond? Oh, also, but yeah, but I, I mean, I see myself working with uh, like video and uh, music in one year. Mm. But do you mean like beyond that? Yeah, do you see yourself applying this in other ways or is that not something you're thinking about at the moment? Uh, I mean, I, sometimes I think about that and, and I have... I have helped um, Adele and my my girlfriend, uh, like with some like transcribing things and mm. stuff, because that's nice. And every time I do that, it's like, oh, this is the, you can use that in a way that's actually useful. <laughs> that's yeah. nice. But I mean, I'm not. I think it's other people do that better than me because I'm not uh, such a good uh, programmer. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. So I think the. Yeah, I think I should keep to uh, this, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 I think so. Do you have any advice or suggestions on how people can experiment with this sort of stuff themselves? How would you iterate your journey looking back? The code thing is, of course, it's uh, like, e people get scared of mm. that. But I think or for me, it's like. Uh, people are built in different ways, but for me, it's not very important to know exactly what every bit of the code does or how uh, Python works as a language. And I think that makes it very much easier to experiment with, because if you don't need to understand how Python works, you just need it as a tool, then you can much easier be like, okay, maybe I don't understand everything in this notebook, but mm. if I run the cell, it works, and then you sort of learn along the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was a tip, <laughs> but you do have like nothing's gonna happen. It's not gonna nothing's gonna break. Mm. It's like just try it, and uh, mm. I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then you need to go into Stack Overflow and search. But yeah. I mean, nothing breaks. Mm. Yeah, I think it's people are scared of coding because it it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, and no. yeah, though that that just typing something can create actions. Yeah, I mean, that's it is strange. I mean, yeah. it is magic because, yeah. I mean, it's fucking weird. But, mm. yeah. <laughs> no, because also I was scared of coding before I coded, mm. obviously, because, like, he said, no, I can't do that. It's this because if uh, I go, 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 go. But, yeah, well, I mean, nothing breaks. You, it's, you can break a computer, but then you need to try really hard but yeah I, I know that feeling you can press enter a hundred mm. times and it's just going to try and do it and if it doesn't work it doesn't work yeah and then it's just going to throw an error message at mm -hmm. you and you yeah that's that's the worst thing that can happen and mm. especially if you work in maybe that's a tip actually to work in the collab environment mm. or something similar because there's a lot of them now like yeah 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 because then you like nothing can break because you're not working on your own computer what was the biggest hurdle for you sort of learning all this stuff how would you approach learning this in a different way like looking back uh, oh that's a good question i mean because I think I approached it in the only way I can approach things. Because, I mean, I'm I'm not a very good, like, learner. I mean, like, some people like to, like, 
I need I like to understand how things work and I don't like to understand how things work. Mm. Uh, so the only thing I can do is like I want to do this thing. How do I make it do this thing? I mm. can't like so and and that's the way I approach it and I don't think I could have approached it in any wide way. But I mean the smart way to do it is to like go to a like night class of Python and like learn how it works mm. from the beginning and uh, that's the smart way. Mm. But but that doesn't work for me. Yeah. Because it's so boring to like write this little exercise like, mm. like if g g g g g g g I mean, that's, Hello that's, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that, who cares? I, mm. if it, I, for me, it needs to like be something that you can use mm. for it to be funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's like going to music lessons, I guess. Like you, you don't yeah, need yeah, to yeah, go yeah. to music lessons to be a good musician. No, no, and I, I did that and I didn't like it I mean I'd never practiced I'd, I hated practicing scales and mm. stuff because it was like what's I and I understand that you I mean if you do that then you get really good at your instrument but it's not it's not fun to do and mm. I think I'm a very it's hard to do something that's not fun for me because mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm a pig no but <laughs> <laughs> all right so you mentioned a few people and things that were interesting to you do you have any recommendations for cool things to check out if you're interested in this or alternatively interesting tools people can use to experiment oh uh kaiser bloom is uh, kablam is releasing uh i think uh, she said she was she was gonna release it soon mm. but i don't know when but with the music that she's done uh partly with ai which is really really good and also Valerie Mool, I, I don't know if she, but she's doing, uh, she she was doing at least a project with, also with where she used AI, which I haven't heard anything of it, uh, of the actual music, but it, mm. uh, she, <laughs> she described it and it sounded really nice. Mm. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and Holly Herndon, obviously. And also Dadabots, I think, are quite funny. Do you, have you, do you know? Dadabots. Yeah, they're like two, I think they're American, two like American hackers who just do like really stupid stuff with AI. I'm not saying Yeah, you should. It's, I mean, they're, they had this like, uh, their claim to fame was like a 24 hour live stream of AI doom metal or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like really nice. Uh, but yeah, but tools, tools, it's... Um, I mean, for audio, Sampler and N, I think, is very nice, uh, which is an algorithm. And uh, I think that's my favorite one. But also, like, uh, the Rave thing, because then you, that, you can actually use that inside of Max or Super Collider, which is very convenient. And it also generates on CPU, uh, so you can do it on your, like, laptop. Mm. And it's, so that's nice. I mean, I use the TATS also yeah. for video... Uh, but I don't think it works anymore because I think they updated it in some way. But it's a really nice uh, unconditional uh, video algorithm, mm. which is obviously a lot of like video algorithms tend to be like prompt based. Like you write stuff and like gigi. And I think it's more way funnier, uh, funnier, uh, way more fun with um, uh, unsupervised stuff that you just like throw stuff at it and it like spits out something mm. and you're like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's nice. And also, Ukebox, of course, is I probably like the objectively best algorithm for generating music mm. right now. Where can people find you or check out your 
stuff? Uh, I, I released uh, a cassette on uh, Calcatraz this uh, autumn, like in November or something. Mm. Uh, so that you can find that on uh, Bandcamp. It's called Ambient, but AI. So that's very <laughs> clever. <laughs> but you can also go to my webpage, niklasdalqvist.net. Then you can look at uh, other stuff I have done with AI, which is, I did a webpage, which was nice. Mm. All right, nice one, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this conversation on audio and video composition using AI with Nicholas Dahlqvist. You can find Nicholas on his website, nicholasdahlqvist.net or on Bandcamp. If you're in Stockholm, you may also catch him playing at Filkingen in the near future. All the important links can be found in the show notes. We have also summarized a lot of the key points and resources on the blog post for this episode. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to subscribe wherever you're tuning in from. You can also leave questions or suggestions via the contact form on our website, 99projectpodcast.com. The 99 Projects podcast was produced, edited and mixed by David Richardson and music by Jen Erickson and Nicholas Dahlqvist. We'll be back next Tuesday with our guest Dan Omar who discusses how he created and developed the AI business consultant program. See you then.